The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. Yo, he did it. Yo. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Uh, but with all this Royals chatter going around the stadium, I'm like, I wonder if Mark even supports the baseball. I never see you tweeting about the Dodgers. I see you tweeting about the Lakers all the time. I never, I never see you tweeting baseball. Oh, yeah. I just, it's nothing much to talk about when it comes to the Royals. So it's like. <laughs> I, you're gonna be tweeting one day is bobby witt jr the best baseball player already in history <laughs> nah <laughs> what you been on man how you how you been feeling i've been good man just getting ready to come to kc next week it'll be good to welcome you back you know i need to see your proper paperwork or whatever before you come back over in the end of my city but uh I gotta, I gotta check in. i gotta check in with you we'll welcome you with open arms man we'll welcome you <laughs> How, uh, how long you staying? What, what's the details? I'm staying for about a week. All right, we're going to do we're going to have to do something. We're going yeah. to, to find a little find a little spot somewhere. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, let's see, Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 36. Mark Gunnels out in L.A. Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City from Atlanta originally. I, I'm wearing the Mizzou stuff because you know I. It's different when it's your alma mater, man. It's different when it's different when you still owe them thousands of dollars. You know, it wasn't wasn't the result that we wanted, but uh, still got a rep. Hey, how's the atmosphere though, man? It looked like it was pretty crazy. The atmosphere was crazy. I, I went to school there from 2018, or I finished in 2018, got there in 2014. I never saw an atmosphere like that. I never saw a crowd like that. I mean, the chance. You know, student section rowdy, couldn't wait to get in the building. So you um, never experienced the border war before. I, I went last year when it was in what's my as a student, as a student. Nah, never as a student. It yeah. was the Cold War was still very cold at that point in time. I was there when they played like the little remember the um the charity the game? Yeah, yeah, the charity yeah. game. But I didn't go to KC for it. I just watched it at a bar in Columbia. Oh, okay. So this time was different, you know, in the building. You can feel the walls vibrating, you know, a lot of celebrity sites, Max Scherzer in the building. I mean, like it was, it was, it was Mizzou royalty there and they just kind of laid an egg, but it's cool. yeah, 
Yeah, it didn't even last past five minutes. Like, even as a kid. Huh? Did you watch it all? Of course. Come on now. Of course I watched. But uh, as a KU fan, I mean, just even like I was least hoping to see it be competitive a little longer than that because it kind of killed the excitement even being on the other side. Like, obviously, I wanted KU to win, but it was like, dang, it wasn't even like no drama at all, you know. But, you know, it's his first year with Dennis Gates. We'll see what he builds for the next couple of years. We'll give him some time. Absolutely. Salute, salute that, uh, that whole matchup is good to have the rivalry back in the building. And, uh, that was fun. That was fun to be there. Let's, let's, let's get into the chief chatter, man. Why not? It's a lot to talk about. Chiefs Broncos will recap that game as well as preview chiefs Texans. Mark and I have been giving our predictions all year long, and I want to revisit one of your on wax takes. So, we're going to revisit one of Mark's on wax takes before heading to Vegas with him. And it's been tough week after tough week. You don't want to go to Vegas. <laughs> He's like, nah, let's go. Let's go somewhere else. I'm, I'm good. It's been a rough two weeks, man. But, you know, I still got a chance to finish strong. So I like that positive attitude. We're going to try and finish strong coast to coast. Well, we got to do that with picking y'all part of the show. Appreciate y'all. If y'all watching us here on Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, chime in here, hashtag C2C. Uh, we also have a voicemail line, 816-514-1267. We love making y'all part of the shows, and that includes the reviews, Mark. I knew somebody was going to get on us one day about this. I, we got we to gotta do a little better. We got to do a little better job <laughs> with this one. Demario W chimes in. This is a review. I don't know where it is. Serta sent it to us. He says, coast to coast, are there any famous Chiefs that wear number 35? What? Almost threw my phone at me, y'all. Kidding. Great show, guys. We'll put a little respect on the Nigerian Nightmare's name. The reason I became a fan. This is where we need you to pull your weight. You're the lifelong Chiefs fan, my guy. You were supposed to know that. Yeah, I know. I dropped the ball on that one. I dropped the ball on that one. I mean, So now every week I have to, like, Google to be fair, that was before my time, but I still I still know about him, obviously. Like he was a, he was a Chiefs legend. He's in the Chiefs Ring of Honor, so I should have knew that. You know, because you know what's crazy? What's sad is the first name that came to my mind, I didn't say it out loud though, <laughs> was Trivarius Ward. Because <laughs> he, he was 35. He we was definitely 30. we definitely like Show that's the age. blind spot. Yeah, that's the blind spot. Like if we had to pick one for coast to coast. Like we definitely the younger. I know you the grandpa of the show. You the grandpa of the pod, but uh, you don't extend. <laughs> you don't extend that far. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say I. No, nah, it's cool. Thirty six. Now, now I'm googling, but before, before every pod, I'm googling like, all right, who is the chief that wore thirty six? Who is I don't chief know thirty six. I really don't. Who is the thirty six? Mac Lee Hill is number thirty six. This is episode thirty six of Coast to Coast. Hopefully, y'all got me. You got me. We rolling. I'm good now. I got you. Let's just get right into our game recap, man. Appreciate the reviews. Leave the reviews whenever you can. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. I don't think we had this one going away. It's Chiefs and the Broncos 34-28. From Denver, Patrick Mahomes has an up and down game, and we'll get to that, of course, a little bit later. 28 for 42, 352 passing yards, three touchdowns, 
and those three interceptions that lit Twitter ablaze. Russell Wilson has a, a, a vintage Russell Wilson game. 23 for 36, 247 passing yards, two touchdowns and a pick. The 28 points for Denver, Mark, a season high. Uh, Kind of confusing how that happens against the Kansas City defense. I'll ask Mark if he's worried about them a little bit later. Um, But I think another stat line that that stood out, and I'll toss it to you after this, Jarek McKinnon, man, 134 scrimmage yards and two scores. He's on the receiving end of that crazy play from Mahomes and all the uh, sorcery and magic and all that stuff and the highlight reels. What stood out to you, your biggest takeaway from uh, from from Chiefs Broncos? I mean, so we got to start with the Mahomes interceptions. You know, threw three picks. We threw the first one. It's like, okay. He threw one. Not a too big of a deal. Then he throws another one. It's like, all right, now calm down, Mahomes. You're getting a little too careless with the ball here. And that third one was the worst. Like that one, I don't know what he saw on that one at all. At least on the second one, you can kind of say he was trying to dirt it a little bit. The guy just made an amazing catch on the ball. I think it was Patrick Sertan. And then the first one, he was just trying to force it into a tight window to Kelsey. But that last one, can't really explain what he saw there, especially after getting the turnover. He had a chance to ice the game there. All you needed was a field goal in that situation to go up two scores. And he threw another pick. So Definitely uncharacteristic. Nothing that I'm really concerned about big picture wise, because we don't see him have games like that very often, if at all. So I don't think it's a big deal to worry about moving forward. But it is one of those things where if you played a better team, you're probably going to lose that game. Not many times you throw three picks and you still win. So I think that was definitely a big takeaway as far as when you play better competition, especially in the playoffs, considering the schedule is pretty light. For the last four weeks, all things considered. But uh, also, you know, we'll get into defense a little bit later, but I will say they did get six sacks, though. You know, there were some bright spots. They did get six sacks in that game. Yeah, sacks, absolutely the bright spot for Kansas City. I feel really bad because you were kind of breaking up on that one, and I heard part of it, and I want to respond to it. It's been 36 episodes. We had no technical difficulties, and now it, it, it hurts my heart to hear us kind of grogging through this. But it kind of reminds me of how the Chiefs move through Denver a little bit. They go 27-0. They go up early. Willie Gay gets to pick six in Denver, and, and Travis Kelsey is laid back, smiling on the bench. And I thought the memes were going to fly, right? I thought the, the Chiefs-Broncos game that we were expecting to get. The interceptions absolutely let Denver back into the game, and Andy Reid kind of talked to that post game. Patrick Mahomes, a double-edged sword. He, he, he talks all the time about, hey, I'm going to be aggressive. To give my guys an opportunity. I remember coming on our platform earlier this year. I forgot what game. Maybe it was the Chargers game. Somebody at home where Mahomes is in the red zone and trying to make a play in the corner to MVS. He's that, was the that guy. He's the that game. was the Buffalo game. Yeah, he, he's a gunslinger, and, and just as often, and Andy Reid even got a little a flack back for saying this post game, but saying it was a good game for Mahomes. If you take away the three interceptions. You can't. You don't want to. You don't want to take that away from Mahomes. And maybe we're not as down on it because they win the game ultimately. I think if if Denver comes here and shocks the world and, and Kansas City and Mahomes has three interceptions, we're having a completely different podcast. But I think every Chiefs fan knows that these three interception games are going to happen, but probably not as often uh, as not. 
Yeah. And that quote was weird. I can see why people are like, well, duh, no stuff, of course. Right. But I get what he was saying, because if you take away the three picks, I know you can't take it away. I know you can't. But he did still have 350 passing yards, three touchdowns. He had a couple of magic magic Mahomes plays, obviously the no look one, but also the other touchdown to Juju where he was spinning around in the red zone. That and- one was more impressive to me, I- I honestly, yeah. to be real yeah. with you. I know I know the one where he flips to McKinnon, like he extends the play, and they both kind of extended the play. But to yeah. be able to kind of spin on the top there and still get it and take the hit, that one was the more impressive one to me. Yeah, and that one's not getting near the – no attention at all, actually. <laughs> and, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was actually more impressive considering the situation. He had three guys – bearing down on him he took a shot too man that was kind of scary i'm glad he got right back up after that he threaded into the needle right there so i thought that was a very impressive play because while the mckinnon play was awesome what made it more of the moment was the fact that it ended up being a touchdown and most of that was mckinnon after the catch he had to run like 40 yards after that right <laughs> if it's not a touchdown i don't think it gets near the attention on that right so yeah i, I do think that was more impressive play but at the end of the day, man, you don't want to rely on Mahomes' magic too much. That was my biggest takeaway. You want things to be easier for him, right? The fact that he can do it is amazing. Did it, did it feel like in that game that they were re- relying on him a little too much to, to, to kind of pull them out of some spots? Give me an example yeah. of where you saw that, where you saw them relying on him. Well, I'll just say second half. They only ran yeah. the ball six times. I believe in the second half or something, some crazy number or like, I think it was like 12 actually, but six of those runs happened on the final drive where they were icing the game. When you were still up by what, 13 at halftime. Like, why are you running the ball so little in the second half? You have a lead. It, it did, doesn't make any sense to me, but here we go again with the Andy Reed, not sticking with the run game when Pacheco was, was balling. I mean, this guy, I love when he runs and he gets tackled. You notice when he hops up real quick, and like he runs back to the sideline or to the huddle, <laughs> like that dude is a bolt of energy. And I don't know if you saw that uh, on the sideline with, with McCole Hartman. Did you see that? <laughs> when no, he like I ran didn't up see to that him. one. Okay, it was like kind of it was like on Twitter. I think today or yesterday, he like ran up to McCole Hartman, like super hyped. And McCole was like, whoa, 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 "Whoa, chill out a little bit. I'm hurt still." <laughs> like, like the dude was just so jacked up all the time, man. So. I don't know why they ran the ball so little in the second half when you had a lead, especially against a team that struggles scoring. And I know they scored 28 points, but some of that was on Mahomes giving them short fields with those three interceptions. Oh, Aaron, you got me? I'm absolutely I'm absolutely blaming this on you. You got the T-Mobile Wi-Fi or what's going on? We, Come on, we haven't had no issues. We've <laughs> never had issues before. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because we're talking about the Denver offense. It just everything, every, every everything goes a little bit slower when you talk about Denver. No, it's funny that you mentioned McKinnon and uh, Pacheco. I, I have a note here to talk about the running back room and um, uh, McKinnon one thirty four and two scores in the win. His role is one that's been talked about, and Andy Reid was asked about it kind of coming into this game. Obviously, Pacheco is the one if you want to circle a guy now, but we've mentioned it on this platform time and. T- and every guy is going to have a role. Reed talked about it post game and said, you know, he's played nine years in the National Football League. And as a running back, those are dog years. He keeps himself in great shape. He's smart. Uh, he's pounded through injuries, yada, yada, yada. But then I thought this was cool, too. He says the young guys, Pacheco, they talk about how much he's taught him, CEH, how much he's taught him. Just a good guy to have in your locker room. 
And then from a playing standpoint, there's really nothing that he can't do. That was from Andy Reid postgame. Uh, his role is invaluable, man. And I think back to um, not only some of the earlier games this year, but kind of going back to the AFC title game. He was their, more, their most successful running back in that game. And going away from him, you're talking about going away from running backs, going away from him in the second half is one of the things that we talked about. Why did you do that? We're pulling our hair out. Why did you do that? I think um, the mojo is thrown off. Pacheco is important. McKinnon's important. And the Kansas City running backs, each of them are going to have a role. Even Rojo. And uh, Andy Reid said that he, they, he still feels like he's an important part of the team. I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, 100%. I think um, also one reason why he's able to stay fresh so often is because if you notice, they don't use him that much the first half of the season. Like, especially when CEH was still in the fold, there were yeah. people asking, where is McKinnon? Why is he not getting used that much? And they did the same thing last year. Like, he didn't really get used until the last few weeks of the year. And then, obviously, in the playoffs, he had a major role uh, at that point. So I think they do a good job of keeping him fresh early on and then bringing him on as the season goes on. And then he's a guy that you're going to worry about, especially in the playoffs. And I think the main thing is how to use him in the passing game. I mean, the guy had seven catches for over 100 yards. Those are receiving number stats for, like, a wide receiver, not a running back. Obviously, a lot of that came on that. Uh, Mahomes magic play but still man he's a guy that's been consistent in the passing game and I think it was a big adjustment that we saw despite the picks I know you can't take it away once again but Mahomes did do a good job of checking down which people were yelling at him about in the Cincinnati game that he didn't do now you got a game where McKinnon has seven catches Pacheco had a catch or two as well so you know I, I know people are going to talk about the picks and it's cool to mention that but you know, I do think there were good things that came from this game, not only offensively, but defensively as well. Like I said, they had six sacks, man. So, you know, the final result wasn't what people wanted to see, especially after being up 27 to nothing. It looked yeah. like they were going to go ahead and win, uh, cover my spread easily. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> later. I mean, when they're up 27 to nothing, I'm like, oh, this is the easy cover. This is the easy cover, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk defense in a second, too. A, a couple numbers that stand out. Obviously, the winning streak over Denver now up to 14 in a row. Mark, the Broncos have not beaten the Chiefs in a football game since September 2015. The Obama administration. <laughs> Travis That's Kelsey also broke, also broke some key milestones. Fastest to 10,000 receiving yards, and uh, Kansas City wins. 10,000, or excuse me, wow. Kansas City wins 10 games in a, in a season, 10 or more games for the eighth straight year. And I think Kelsey also is at seven years with a thousand. That's what I was with the, the last one. But any, any one of those stand out? I feel like every week we get a new, we get a new Chiefs number or Chiefs record or Kelsey did this, Mahomes did this. Uh, what, what, what's your reaction to that? My reaction is just don't take this for granted, man. This stuff isn't normal. And sometimes I'm a victim of it as well because you see all these records broken, especially with Mahomes every week. He's the first to do this in so, so amount of games. And like you're kind of getting numb to it at a certain point. But sometimes you got to just sit back and really digest it and be like, this is not normal. This is not supposed to happen especially with Andy Reid, the 10 straight wins every single year, the Kelsey numbers that you just mentioned, seven straight years of 1,000 yards. This stuff is not normal. This is why this big three, Kelsey, Mahomes, and Andy Reid, will go down as one of the greatest of all time. 
from an offensive standpoint, especially if they can win another ring or two, I think you're really going to a different era of a category, right? Because you got one that's great. You've been the four straight AFC title games, but if you can get that second one, then you have different conversations. I love how the big three is is now Kelsey, <laughs> Mahomes, and Reed. Like you have altered the big, the altered the big three to fit your narrative. I love. I love how that works. Let's talk about Kansas defense as we put a bow here on Chiefs Denver. Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd, Arrowhead Pride uh, Podcast Network, episode 36. Appreciate y'all rocking with us through the technical difficulties. My question is simple, Mark. Are you worried about Kansas City's defense, especially allowing a season-high 28 points uh, to the Denver Broncos and a struggling Russell Wilson? I mean, we... We're talking before this game about, oh, Russell Wilson is mid. Russell Russell Wilson can't do this and that. This should be an easy game, yada, yada. Um, are you worried about KC's defense? Yeah, I mean, if you put a meter on it, one to ten, I would say my worry level is about a six. About that sounds like yellow. That sounds like yellow light to me. Eh, it's it's closer to a seven. It's closer to a seven than a six. Let me say that. It's like orange. It's like an orange. Yeah, it's like, like six point eight. I just want to be technical. Uh, my main concern is the safeties. Justin mm-hmm. Reed and Juan Thornhill. You're not getting much playmaking from those guys. You're not getting the, the ball hawking that you were expecting. You're not seeing that veteran leadership. I'm actually more comfortable, and this is probably crazy to say, I feel more better about the young rookie corners than I do the safeties right now because they're not taking good angles on tackling. They're not making plays on the football. I mean, I mean, I, you don't even notice them out there a lot of times. You don't even notice them making plays at all, right? And, you know, the, the, the flip side to that is, well, it's better than Daniel Sorensen, but that's terrible. If we got to just say it's better than Daniel Sorensen, if that's the bar, that's not good, because it doesn't take much to be better than Daniel Sorensen. And that's what most Chiefs fans are saying. Well, it's better than Dirty Dan. It's not good. It's not good, man. And I never thought I would be at the point where I'm saying, I would probably would have rather seen Tyron Matthew on this team. I because, knew you were going to. I knew. I because, knew. I mean, even though he wasn't making plays tackling, at least he'll make a couple of plays on the ball. I These thought you were going to say on the timeline. On the ball. So, I don't know, man. It, it's very discouraging. Uh, Juan Thornhill's a free agent after this year. I highly doubt he's going to be brought back, especially since they they drafted Brian Cook. Seems like a replacement there for me. You're stuck with Justin Reed for the next couple of years. You just got to hope he gets better. He makes plays, but you got to be discouraged what you're seeing from that safety room because before the year, there was pretty high expectations there. I mean, Juan Thornhill said to you guys in the media that he was looking to be an all-pro this year. Uh, that's definitely not going to happen. Think the Aaron tackling, definitely. The tackling has been an issue, game in and game out. And sometimes they just gotten away with it, man. I, I think recently it's been exposed more and more. Um, you, you talked about, the, you talked about the, the young DBs being able to come up and make tackles. Obviously, Sneed's been one of their, their more shorthanded tacklers for a while. But I think the one thing that that's get away is, as you mentioned earlier, the sacks. Kansas City fourth in the league with 42 sacks and then limiting some of the big plays, some of their the, some of their opponents not being able to get those big explosive plays or on the year. KC opponents only have 42 plays of over 20 yards. That's good for seventh in the league. And then if you limit that to just the last eight games, 
That's plays of 20 yards or more. Only 24 of those. That's still eighth in the league, top 10. So the one thing that I am asking from this defense, besides the besides the sacks and limiting the big plays, is getting the turnovers. And we'll talk about the show. Justin asked about that in the in the aftermath of the game this week and Cincinnati as well. Kansas City only has 14 takeaways a year. That's bottom half of the league, 23rd in the league uh, for, for takeaways. The one thing that would worry me about the Chiefs defense going from in this late half of the regular season into playoffs is their ability to generate turnovers because th- those change the game. I know your quarterback's not going to throw three picks every game, Mark Gunnels, and, and in those games you would especially like to generate some more takeaways. Um, but it, you you would ask consistently, hey, get us the ball, get us a possession here. Get us the ball here. We know we know special teams hasn't been a plus. We know special teams sometimes can be a minus, uh, and they might lose you a possession. Defense, uh, more takeaways is the, is the one thing I would ask for them. Yeah, 100%, especially when your defense isn't that good at getting stops without turnovers. It can kind of mask your weaknesses that you have defensively, right? And then also getting sacks, which I thought was one thing they did do well. Uh, this past week, they got six sacks. You know, those are uh, not turnovers, but they can kill drives, right? You could get yeah. guys uh, off script, get them a second and third and long, especially against a team that's limited offensively, like Denver, who has to stay on schedule to move the ball. So I do think that was a bright side. And they still are top 10 in sacks uh, in the league on the season. So that is one bright spot. But like you mentioned, I do want to see more turnovers. They got a couple on this Sunday. So hopefully that can kind of, you know, turn the leaf on the turnover luck. Cause a lot of the turnovers is luck, right? A lot of luck that goes into it, you know, fumbles, you know, I don't know if it's a majority luck though. Sometimes it's being in the right place at the right time, creating chaos in the pocket, you know, doing a lot of the stuff that that's being coached up. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying it's majority luck, but you see times where you can get a, you can get a guy to fumble, but do you recover it or not? You may not get the recovery or Trent McDuffie. He dropped the pick on the first drive of the game. On, on Sunday against Denver. So things like that, you got you could be in position and still not get the turnover. So, you know, I, I do think there is a factor of luck in there. I'm not saying majority, but, you know, I do think it can turn around here. I think, you know, getting a couple on Sunday and now you're playing a Houston team who's obviously not trying to win football games right now. Maybe you can get another couple of turnovers this week. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more. And get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, let's transition out of our, our, our game recap into a couple. I got, a, I got a, a grab bag of topics here that are related to the Chiefs. I, I, I wrote down 
One, I know you know about the AFC playoff tour, but I also got two other things here. Um, this me, I'm, I'm going to just leave. You know, I'm, I'm going to just head out. Y'all going to have to do coast to coast by yourself today. The Wi-Fi ain't, the Wi-Fi ain't cooperating. I don't got anything. I think we lost him. <laughs> I think we might have lost him. Oh, no, he's moving now. Hello? Things are not going well. Are we worried more about the Chiefs defense moving forward or Aaron Ladd's Wi-Fi? Aaron Ladd's <laughs> Wi-Fi for sure. That's a shame. I- I'm going to just head home. Y'all going to have to do coast to coast by yourselves. It was a good run. It's working now. Are we, <laughs> we back? We can slog through this thing. Oh, gosh. All right. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. The grab bag. Do you want to talk about Tyreek Hill on Club Shay Shay or the AFC playoff picture, Mark? The AFC playoff picture. <laughs> you done with Tyreek Hill? <laughs> yeah. Why are we talking Tyreek in week 15, man? Come on. He just had a he just had a podcast appearance that was making the rounds. I know you're a messy guy who likes to get on Twitter and talk about that stuff. So don't act like I'm not very far off with this one. Nah, you're trying to put your messiness on me now. Don't do that. <laughs> I had no intention of talking about him. I had no desire at all to talk about him today. The AFC playoff picture after week 14 is this. The Buffalo Bills have their tiebreaker over the Kansas City Chiefs despite having the same record at 10-3. and three. So they're the one seed. They have the buy as of right now. The Chiefs would host the New England Patriots, the seven seed right now. Ravens would host the the Dolphins and the Titans and the Bengals would be the four or five matchup. Where do you see this settling out? And I, I mean, I'm not even putting this on wax because there's really so much that could change. I, I, I'm guessing you see the Chiefs clinching the AFC West and then kind of going from there. You like kind of walk us through what you see going. Yeah. So, I mean, the AFC West has been over since the Chiefs beat the Chargers the second time in L.A. Um, so that's that's a foregone conclusion. The question is, will the Chiefs be the one or the two seed? I think that's the main question here. And I still believe, looking at the schedules, I think they'll end up being the one seed. I think the Chiefs went out. I, you know, they have a very favorable schedule. And I think the the Bills will lose to Cincinnati. They play them on the road week 17, Monday night football. I think that's a loss there. And they have Miami this week, but I think they win that game. They're at home. It's in Buffalo. It's going to be snowing there. I can't see Tua winning that game. But I do think at Cincinnati is a very losable game for Buffalo. So you're looking at the Chiefs being the one or the two. I think that's a big deal because if you're the one seed, you guarantee that you avoid playing Cincinnati and Buffalo. You'll probably have to play one of them in the AFC title game, but you won't have to play both of them. If you're a two seed, you most likely have to play both of those teams because I see Cincinnati end up being the three seed. I think they win the AFC North considering – uh Lamar Jackson is going to be out for a couple more games I think it's going to come down to that last game week 18 Cincinnati plays Baltimore in Cincinnati I can see that game being for the division I think the the Bengals win that game so you have the Bengals as your third seed in that scenario and I think one thing as a Chiefs fan you should caution if you are the two seed which is I think another major reason why you want to get the one seed despite only having to play two games versus three that's the obvious but if you're the two seed, I think it's a very good possibility that you have to play the Chargers in that first wild card game. I see the Chargers being the seventh seed when it comes down to it. Because if you look at their remaining schedule compared to the Patriots and the Jets, it's a lot more favorable. They play the Titans this week at home. Then they have the Colts. Then they play, I believe, 
I can't remember. They play some easy games, though, man. It's, it's very they're gonna be favorite in all those games. Look at their schedule. So I think they end up with the seventh seed, and I think the Chiefs can beat the Chargers again. But do you really want to play them a third time, especially considering the way the first two games have gone? That would be the worst yeah. possible wild card matchup. So that's another reason why I think it's very crucial that Chiefs get the one seed so you can avoid that possible scenario of playing the Chargers for a third time. It's crazy how, you know, throughout this, and you're talking about, we were talking about previously about the Chiefs uh, having their run of success and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the four straight title game. Still no road playoff games for Mahomes in that whole stretch. And the difference between the one and the two seed we're talking about breaking that down this year. That That's the difference right there. Patrick Mahomes having to go on the road at any point in the playoffs or having or being able to host the AFC title game at Arrowhead every year. Um, if I had to bet right now, we'll go opposite. I'll have Kansas City be in the two seed. Uh, I'll, I'll take Buffalo finishing the year strong um, and just being one game better than Kansas City. I don't want to pick which game it is or what it could be. That could be you in Vegas losing all your money and betting your house and getting all the stuff wrong. Um, but it uh, you're, you're going to have to beat a good team in the playoffs no matter what. And and, and it's going to be fun. I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes has talked about this in the past, all these numbers, right? So 10-0 against the Denver Broncos and still undefeated on the road in the AFC West. That's another crazy stat and a crazy number that we talk about all the time. Like eventually the rubber is going to have to meet the road on a couple of these. And I think this is the year where – the Chiefs end up going on the road <clears throat> at some point in the playoffs. I don't know when it'll be, um, but at some point in the playoffs, let, let, let's do the let's do the Tyreek thing, man. Why not? This is this is your alley. This is what oh you do. Gosh. Oh my gosh! This is what you do. Tyreek Hill sat down on a podcast. I don't know why he didn't say this on his own podcast. It needed to be said, but this was from Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay podcast. Busy day for for or excuse me, busy week for Shannon Sharp. Were you? Were you in the room when that when when things went down? I was in the control room. Yeah. <laughs> was that scripted? I'm I'm no comment. Oh, you politicking now. You, you politicking now. Tyreek Hill was sitting down, and of course he was talking about the Chiefs. When is he not talking about the Chiefs and making headlines? The only quote I have is um there would be games where I would get one or two or three targets and I didn't feel valuable. I had to get out of there. I'm sure you've seen some version of the clips by now. He also goes on to say that he's excited to potentially face off against Kansas City in this year's playoffs. Um, he felt like he wasn't his full and best versions of himself in KC. Or you're just done with Tyreek. I mean, I can see your eye. You ain't even. I mean, you're just done. You out. You out on. The, you out on the cheetah. I mean, we're we're. Here's the why I didn't want to really talk about it because it's the same conversation. Like it's not like he's giving his new. Material. But we just talking about the playoff picture. It's close to the playoff picture, right? There is a world in which this is a okay. real scenario. The Miami Dolphins are traveling to Kansas City to face off against the Chiefs in the year after he was traded away from Kansas City, and the Cheetah, who's having one of the best statistical seasons ever for a wide receiver. Under Tua Tungavailoa, who who we said was a more accurate quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, and they face off this year in the playoff. That's why it matters, Mark. That's why it matters. Okay, and you know what's funny though? I will say this because I, I, you know, how I mentioned how the Chargers could be the seven seed. 
there is actually a world where the Dolphins could be the seventh seed because their schedule down the st- stretch is brutal as well, man. And don't forget, the Chargers beat them head to head, so they have the tiebreaker over them. So the Chargers could be the sixth seed, which means the Dolphins could be the seventh seed, and they could play the Chiefs as the two seed. So it is possible. I will give you that. It's very, very possible. And you don't think Tyreek Hill listens to Coast to Coast podcast and heard you talking about the struggling safety room and one of the best deep threats of the league is looking back there and saying, wait a minute, is that 22 I see? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that 20 I see? Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's an avid listener to Coast to Coast. I mean, we have pretty good numbers. So I think it's a good assumption that he's one of those avid listeners on a weekly basis so yeah i wouldn't put it past him at all but uh no back to his uh target comment and not feeling valuable the guy had 159 targets last year which was a career high to this point uh that was seventh in the league last year in targets i mean how many more targets do you want you want 200 i mean i don't Especially when you got a guy named, I don't know, Travis Kelsey on your team. Heard of him. <laughs> to get that many targets while having one of the greatest tight ends on your team is a great accomplishment. I think that speaks volumes to how valuable you are. Because if you didn't have a Travis Kelsey, you probably would have damn near 200 targets. So, I mean, it's just, at this point, bro, it's ridiculous. Uh he has to stick with his initial thoughts of what he said in the summer so he can't backtrack at this point. That's what it is because he knows it's a bunch of BS, man. The guy got plenty of targets. I don't think he really believes a lot of this stuff, but he knows that anytime he pops up on a platform, they're going to ask him about Kansas City, and you kind of got to repackage the old hotness, like you said. You know, it's you, you got to have some reason to keep getting asked and, and things to talk about, and I do think, there's a real possibility that these two play each other sooner rather than later. Uh, let's get right into the game preview, man. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. On, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Mark's Wi-Fi is finally cooperating, and I really appreciate that. I don't want to jinx anything, but it's the 10-3 and Kansas City Chiefs traveling to face the 1-11-1 Houston Texans. There's a couple of those spare ones going around, but this is weird. Like, to have a 1-11-1, there's a, there's a lot of ones going on, but it's a noon kick. NRG Stadium, Houston Texans. Chiefs are 14-point favorites. We'll see how Mark feels about that a little later in the show. And it's worth mentioning that Andy Reid is 6-2 and two against the Houston Texans. Want to update a couple injuries, and we're on Wednesdays. We record on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, so obviously these things can change. Damian Pierce looks like he's not going to suit up for the Houston Texans. That's their starting rookie running back. He's got that high ankle sprain. I saw he could miss the next two weeks, three weeks, and for a team that's 111-1, doesn't sound like he'll be back anytime soon. Good news for Kansas City Chiefs, though. McCole Hardman back on the practice field today. Looks like he... His practice window is back for him to return 21 days. Uh, and I believe he tweeted earlier today, one day at a time. I know he's best friends with Mark. So before he before he steps back onto the field, I'm sure he'll shoot Mark a, a text message and we'll get that 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 up and running. Uh so that's that that that's what this game looks like on the outside. A couple quotes we'll get to, and then we'll give a quick a quick breakdown as well. The first is on Andy Reid. 
talking about this Houston team, obviously 111-1, not a lot of real sexiness in this matchup, but they're not overlooking any opponent. I'm friends with Lovey. I, mean, I think he's a heck of a guy and a great coach. Um, so I, uh, you know, he, he came from that Tampa 2 group of coaches that did that, and he's evolved uh, with with that and with the way the game is now. So um, he's going to give you a great defense that plays hard and aggressive, um, an offense that's tough. I mean, just the fact that they used two quarterbacks and platooned them, it wasn't because one wasn't doing well, but they platooned them in. And uh, he's not afraid to do whatever he has to do to win the game. And, um, and so that's where the challenge comes in. And his guys play hard for him. How much Houston Texans you been watching this year, Mark? Um, I only watched – I watched two full games, actually. They had the Thursday night game against the Eagles. Or they actually, that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count. I mean, you asked me the question. I'm answering it. <laughs> did you watch that game? I did. I, I've watched maybe one Texans game this year. And then I did watch a lot of the, the, the game last Sunday against Dallas because it was close. I was like, oh, okay, let me check in this game. So it was good. That was, yeah. that was about it. <laughs> but I know Damian Pierce is a really good football player. And the fact that he's going to be out this week, most likely, it's not good. He's pretty much their whole offense. Yeah, and Andy talked about the respect he had for 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 Lovey Smith and what they're doing down there. I think it's also an interesting wrinkle that they're kind of running that two quarterback system, throwing in Jeff Driscoll and um, Davis Mills. I saw them working that in practice today from Aaron Wilson. Did a great job uh, covering the team there. This is not a game on paper that should be very interesting. But how many times have we gone into our game preview segment saying, I mean, copy and paste from last week. Oh, the Chiefs are the more talented team. The Chiefs are the team that have something to play for. The Chiefs are the team that should dominate this game from a, a game script, a game script perspective. Like we've previewed so many games this way, and then on Sunday it's like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde as far as what the Chiefs bring to the table. Yeah, I think the Chiefs have to go into this game with the mindset that you're not facing. Forget the opponent. We know how bad the Houston Texans are. You are in the mindset of playoff football now. We're in the last quarter of the season. You have four games left. This is the tune-up for the playoffs. You have to play yourself, essentially, right? And they started off looking good. I mean, they had that mentality against Denver. They're up 27 to nothing, Aaron. I mean, I know you were thinking, this is gonna, this is over. There's no way. Nobody in their right mind thought. You didn't. There's no way you thought this was going to be a game. At their, no, no, up. no. I thought it was done. I thought it was cooked. After that Willie Gay pick six, it's over, right? But it did end up being the case. I hope that they learned their lesson. And really, it comes down to Mahomes, to be honest with you. You can talk about the defense all you want to. Him throwing the picks is what started the momentum for Denver. I don't foresee a scenario where he does that again against Houston. I think they keep their foot on their necks. And I'm not going to go out there and say, bet your house. I'm not doing that because it seems to be a jinx. Bet on the house show. on it. <laughs> but I do think they take care of business this Sunday. And it shouldn't be much of a football game. But I'll save my, my picks until later. A big reason why I think this game is not very competitive is I think the city gets at least two turnovers. And we talked about it a little earlier in the show. 
the defense preventing big plays, getting sacks, and really needed to get back uh, on, on the right side as far as the turnover margin is concerned. Safety Justin Reed, who Mark Gunnels is obviously not a big fan of, he was asked about uh, the defense's inability to create turnovers. He had this to say in response. Um, we've been putting a, a higher emphasis on takeaways, how we can get them interceptions, force fumbles. Um, there hasn't been enough so far in the season, um, but the positivity is that hopefully we're just saving them for this last stretch in December, January, February, and we can get them all now. They're just saving them for the last stretch, baby. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love it, right? I love the optimism. I love it, though. You got to say that, right? When you're near the bottom and takeaways, we're just saving it for January and February. It's no big deal. But, hey, I hope he's right. I mean, they did get a couple on last week, So, and you just said you expect them to get a couple more this Sunday. So maybe At least two. I remember you coming on here and saying, you know, for Harrison Bucker, for me to start feeling good about him and the direction that he's headed, I need to see a clean game. Going into a game against the Houston Texans offense that is bottom of the league in pretty much every key figure, uh, and you're as hot as you are as far as tracking uh, tracking down opposing quarterbacks and getting there and, um, you know, creating sacks, forced fumbles are right there. Interceptions are right there. You're creating havoc in the pocket. You're rushing up the process. You're close. I think I think kind of what you did say earlier about it being luck luck does play a factor in it uh but your foundation and and, and what you do defensively it, it needs to help get you there more often and 14 isn't enough i don't think saving them for the I, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek right like he, he didn't he didn't actually mean that and i hope not <laughs> and then also to your point they're gonna be without most likely their best player in damian pierce so you would imagine they're gonna be in a lot of third and long situations where you could pin your ears back and get out to the quarterback, maybe get a strip strip sack, you know, force him into some air throws that he doesn't really want to do, right, because he's under pressure. So I think it is a good baseline to say get two this week. I think that's fair to, to expect. Get two turnovers at least. Let's go to Vegas, man. I'm, I'm dragging you with me. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. You know what I don't like about this? You have so much energy when I'm losing. But when I'm winning, it's like, oh, let's go to Vegas. Mark won. Now, since I lost a couple weeks in a row, you're so giddy. You're so excited. What's up with that, man? You probably been rooting for me to, to keep my house, man. You want me to go poor? You want me to be on Figaro out here in L.A.? With, with my tip, man. What's going on, bro? I just think it's funny because usually, like when you're when you're winning, when you're hot, you can't wait to hear that sounder. You can't you can't wait to hear the coins, right? Like this week, them coins hurt. Like you didn't want to hear the coins. No. You didn't even want us to do. We were hoping the Wi-Fi kept sputtering out, and we just yes. we just we just didn't happen to make it to Vegas. Yeah. But here we are. We are in Vegas with Mark Gunnels who is 0 for 6 in his last two weeks. It's it, it, It's been tough. Uh, last week was another bloody Sunday. He had the Chiefs spread at 9.5. Kansas City only a one by a six-point margin. Who had that one? 27 to nothing. <sighs> Total points, 43. Mark took the under. And uh, Kelsey, this one hurts the most. I mean, it really does. That was a tough one. 75 and a half receiving yards. Mark took the over. Kelsey finished with 71. Oh. So an 0-3 week to stack on top of another 0-3 week. And Mark is now 17 and 18 on the year. Just under 500. 
but it, we're washing this away, man. It's the holiday season. We're in a giving mood. We're giving out winners here, and we're not worried about the past. We're looking in the. We're looking. In the, we're looking straight ahead. What you got for us? All right, man. So we're down to the final stretch here. Four games to go. Last quarter of the season. And my back's against the wall. The question is, will I finish above five hundred? I still feel very confident. You don't. You you don't believe me? You don't. You no. don't believe in me? No, you just shook your head. We got that on camera. Okay, all right. I'm going to prove you wrong, Aaron. Here we go. I have three plays this week. My first play, I'm taking the over on total yards for Patrick Mahomes. Is at 300 and a half. I love this number. I think he's going to throw the ball around the yard the first half. They're going to get up big. He's going to have over maybe close to 200 by halftime. It's going to be a party in Houston. It's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans in the building. A lot of Chiefs fans live in Houston. You may be in Houston. It's going to be a party there. They have the strip clubs down there. They have some of the best food in Houston. It's going to be a great weekend down in Texas. He's back home, kind of, right? He's back in his home state. So yeah, he's back in Texas. Probably going to be a lot of Texas Tech people there in the crowd, some family and friends. He's going to put on a show. So I love the over there on the total yards, 300 and a half for Patrick Mahomes. Also taking the over on Pacheco rushing yards at 70 and a half. I think you see a lot of carries in the second half when the Chiefs are up big. We know Andy Reid likes to play conservative. He doesn't like to really embarrass his opponents, especially coaches that he has a good relationship with. He talked about Lovey Smith and how much he respects him. I think in the second half when the game is out of hand, you see Pacheco get a lot of carries. So I love the over there at 70 and a half. I think he pops a couple of big ones to kind of juice that number up. And then my third play, I'm not taking the full game spread because I cannot trust this team in the second half to finish out the game. But I do love the first half spread, though, Aaron. It's only a seven and a half. I think that's a very comfortable number. I think the Chiefs should be up by at least 10 or more at halftime. So I'm going to take the first half spread at seven and a half. I think they jump on them early like they did against the Denver Broncos where they're up 13 at halftime. I think you see a similar scenario here, especially with the way that game ended last week. They come out guns a-blazing. So look at the first half spread at seven and a half. So those are my three plays. Over on Mahomes' total yards at 300 and a half. Over on Pacheco's rushing yards at 70 and a half. And the Chiefs covering the first half spread, which is my personal favorite play of the week. At seven and a half. I think when I get my opinion on your picks, that's the kiss of death. Because the last two weeks, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I was impressed. <laughs> and uh, so I'm withholding my comment on your picks. Very thankful for them. It's also funny that as soon as you said Houston, first thing you said, oh, they got the best strip clubs down there. <laughs> Mark, yo, <laughs> this is a family program, sir. Hey, man, Drake talks about it all the time. So. Oh, Gosh. I've never been personally. I'm just going off what Drake says on his lyrics. Oh, you're so easily influenced. It's crazy. <laughs> Good place. We're out of Vegas. We'll leave it. We'll leave it for now because Mark is still scarred. But I thought there was some good plays there. Uh, no comments. I think the, the technical difficulties may have scared some of our audience off. But I'm appreciative of our producer, Steven Sutter, who's back from a couple couple weeks off he was dealing with some dealing with some uh sickness and stuff good to have him back he's gonna have some work on his hands cutting together this podcast cutting out some of the the technical difficulties and whatnot but uh appreciate having Serta back in the fold mark what you think final thoughts 
You going to Houston? I'm not going to Houston. I'm, I'm I'm staying put here in Kansas City, very thankfully. Are you going back home for the holidays at all? Nah, I'm staying through. So I'm, I'm going to be at the Seattle game. That's Christmas Eve. So that'll be really fun. Looking forward to that. And then I'm working Christmas Day. So if you're here locally, cut on Big 41. Show your voice some love. Well, I'll be in town all next week. So. Yeah, you already know. A little, little, little hookah spot or, you know, maybe a strip club since that's your new thing. <laughs> Out. We'll, we'll, Appreciate we'll y'all. See.